Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. City band name for your favorite city there. I Patrick Johnson. Yeah, they do. Uh, nice to have you with us, everybody. Good to be along. Welcome into Monday, brand new week. Getting you home from that uh, manic Monday. Whoo, tough getting up this morning, Ben. I don't know about you. Whoo, golly. Partying up over oh. the weekend. No. Still recovering. Uh, yeah, not me. No, maybe you, but not me. I'm uh, too old for you. I tell you what I do like. I like to go on, like yesterday I took my little walk in the afternoon yesterday, you know. Reflecting, you know, thinking about life. No, just trying to get through it. I just, <laughs> I, I, I hate exercising, but I've got to. And uh, so I, I go on a pretty, uh, well, lengthy walk. You know, I, I got to get a certain amount of time in a week. Yeah. I mean, I'm not crossfitting like some maniac, but I mean, I'm. Trying to get a little more active, right? And uh, the the thing that is, has reached my where I've reached middle agedom, and I'm cool with it, is uh, I like to listen. I, I go to the website and I like to listen to golf on radio, PGA Tour radio. They you know just go to their website, boom, 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 put it on my phone, do my little walk. So I well I watched a lot of what Harold did yesterday. I got to listen uh, to the excellent uh, call that they do on that. And as Harold finished up his round yesterday, and we've got some audio from Harold Varner coming up, but how cool was it to see our guy, HV three friend of the show, uh, go out there and, um, just do a fabulous job yesterday and, and finish tied for second. He gets 630 large and that's his best finish. Plus, uh, Mull was telling me he he's that that's it. He's now earned his card for another year with that finish. So that takes a lot of pressure off of him. He, he would have earned it anyway, but I think going ahead and doing that is a big thing. So now really the only, if there's any pressure on him, it's to win his first event. And he seems like he's gearing up for uh, Quell Hollow. Woo! It, he's mom. Hey, he's, he's a big name in Charlotte like Ric Flair once was. The nature boy. But, he, you know, he played really well yesterday. He started off hitting it OB and recovered it. You know, he, there was always that one round that has that that always gets Harold over the course of a of, of an event, right? Oh yeah. You don't you don't know what it's gonna be, but it usually has that just one and the other three rounds, be it the first round, be it the second the other three rounds he plays great. If he has it early on, he might miss the cut, but you know, he'd miss three straight cuts at RBC, but he just seems so much more relaxed is playing better right now. And it was great to see H V three go out there and, uh, but look, the guy that won the tournament shot back-to-back 63s, 47-year-old Stuart Sink. I he mean, that's unbelievable. Whoo, God, that's unreal. You know, it's it, the hardest thing to do on the PGA Tour is not to have a low round because these guys are professionals for crying out loud. It's to follow up a great round with another great round. That's virtually impossible. That's what made uh, Tiger and has made guys like Jack Nicklaus and, and, 
you know, uh, just other guys that have been great. Um, you know, what DJ did at the Masters in November, uh, what the guy who won the Masters issued. I mean, just following up great rounds with great rounds. Hard to do, impossible to do. Doesn't mean you don't follow him up with a good round, but just to, to go out and shoot back-to-back great rounds. For Harold Varner, this was all really uh, tremendous stuff, and it was really great to see him yesterday go out there and, and make shots and make recovery shots, and that's what you got to do at that level. I mean, Harold's still only 30 years old. He's still so young, and he has a lot of golf ahead of him. I don't think there's any two ways about it. He looks fantastic. You know, he's married now. I, just, I think his life perspective has probably changed some i, I just i think harold's going to be uh, poised to make a move here sooner or later and he's decked and, out and, in jordan gear he's stalling i had the purple on yesterday the, the great thing about the uh the radio call is the guy who was doing the broadcasts uh, of of harold's 18th hole prominently mentioned uh ecu in there a couple of times in east carolina in fact what was funny about it was the guy uh talked about uh, that Stuart Sink was playing pirate golf par. Oh that, man, <laughs> what a terrible joke! Absolutely Which is what's horrendous. Absolutely horrendous, Joe. You're right, and that's what Stuart uh, Sink needed to do yesterday: just play par golf. And after those fantastic two rounds, and then he nobody really challenged him. Hey, he what did was, that at what forty-seven years old. That, I, I mean, know that's, that's unbelievable, rem- remarkable. But what was great about that terrible joke is. Uh, the guy calling the final hole said, you know, speaking of pirates, here's, you know, ECU pirate Harold Varner. And he talked about, you know, obviously Harold's connection to the Carolinas growing up here. Uh, talked about his great career at ECU and that he always wears the purple on Sundays is kind of his thing, you know, with an ode to being an ECU pirate. It just was great. It was fantastic. And it was great to see Harold in that spot. I thought the TV coverage when I watched that, I thought Nance and everybody was they were really complimentary. Look. Uh, John McGinnis, who's, you know, broadcast on PGA Live, has his own radio show on the uh, PGA Tour radio uh, outfit. Uh, He was Harold Varner before Harold Varner. He was the, you know, the most prominent ECU golf alum because he played on the PGA Tour. John's been on the show. John's a fabulous guy. We love John. John even said it. When Harold Varner wins, it will be the most popular victory with the other guys on tour. When it finally does happen, don't you? I mean, I, and I, and I, I believe that that's just not lip service. I truly believe that. I think everybody will be thrilled the day Harold wins. Uh, we'll have some audio from him coming up. We're going to do a pirate report next segment. And, uh, I, I, you know, the video I found on that, that we were able to get audio from, from PGA tour communications, just Harold's so relaxed. Of course, I think anybody'd be happy after rolling uh, a birdie on the last uh, hole and then finishing second. Look, you're you're going to be in a good mood, but I mean, when we were down in Greensboro a couple of years ago, Harold was great with the media. Just a very popular, well liked guy uh, out there. Uh, Pirates were uh, not on the diamond, but on the grid this weekend. Uh, their uh, scrimmage uh, on Saturday, and look, Coach reiterated what was said on our show. They're going to have a spring scrimmage, and if fans want to show up next Saturday or this Saturday. One o'clock, right? That was breaking news on the show here. So we'll see. Uh, We we have those comments reiterated by Coach Houston coming up in our uh, pirate report also. So our microphones were there. We've got that. We've got uh, 
we've got uh, some Harold Varner audio. And then later on, uh, we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with uh, Coach uh, Cliff Godwin. Uh, looking forward to catching up with uh, Cliff. Boy, did he have an interesting weekend. Did he ever. So we had a show Friday. I, you know, when you announce we're not going to have a show Friday, uh, you, you, you can't assume that once the baseball game is canceled, that everybody is, is going to say, oh, well, let's see what, I mean, they should, don't get me wrong, Ben, they should tune in to see what we're saying and what I'm saying. <laughs> Shame on them for not doing it. But, you know, Friday's this time of year tough. It's like a getaway situation. So we got up with Cliff on, on Friday, and, and we've reposted that show now on our social media. Those conversations and that timeline is very interesting. Uh, you know, I, I would, that's how all that kind of went down. Really, really, uh, a little strange, little strange cliff sheds a, a little bit of light on that in our uh, conversation coming up, but, uh, it was a little different. So, you know, it's, we're kind of in that weird time of year where, you know, the NFL draft is in continuous hype mode, by the way, do you see who your Atlanta Falcons are all of a sudden interested in? Uh, there's, there's no telling, but it's probably somebody they shouldn't be getting. Well, you'll be happy about this. Kyle Pitts. Perfect. Perfect. As long as it isn't that tackle. So, I mean, I, I'm all for well, it. Go ahead, and Falcons, as long make as a Pitts, and as long as Pitts is off the board before uh, the the Panthers pick, right? Yeah, let's not overthink it. Tackle, go for it. It could be Sewell or Slater. I don't care. Here's what. Um, here's what. Uh, you know, we're just at that time of year. You know, and everybody follows rabidly in Greenville uh, college baseball, ECU baseball, and rightfully so. But it is kind of just a weird, awkward season. You know, I mean, now the Canes are playing better. So that helps if you're a fan of, you know, sports in North Carolina. But we got the NFL draft. It's on hype mode. And we're still, it still seems like we're, what, two or three weeks away from that? A couple weeks away, right? A few, like two weeks. I, it's but around the 28, 29. Oh, so it's about a week kid, and but, a half. But it, yeah, well, it's two weeks. It's inside of two weeks, but it's still, it never ends. You would think with all the hype, it's going to be tomorrow. So, I mean, we're just in that odd season. You know, I don't watch the NBA. There's a new poll out that says 34% of Americans are watching lesser, uh, fewer games because of politics that have uh, infiltrated their way. In fact, uh, Bernie Goldberg, who is uh, used to be on the Talk of the Town show with Henry and myself. I love that name. Uh, God, great guy, Bernard Goldberg is. But Bernie Goldberg uh, has left real sports, essentially, because of the fact it's become a uh, it's just their political views have skewed. Uh, they've departed from one another. I mean, it's become, uh, you know, real sports used to be a fabulous sports magazine, like a, like a really in good in-depth stuff, but it became like a lot of things. Uh, it started to push a really far left political agenda. Probably went for the easy headlines. Well, no, they just push, they're just pushing an agenda. There's no headlines to grab because it's a weekly, you know, kind of 60 minutes esque broadcast. But it, but it just covers sports. But no, they've just gone for pushing a certain agenda. So anyway, what I'm what I'm circling back to here is there's really you know I mean it's early season Major League Baseball. I mean Wolf, uh, you know, ugh. games don't matter right now. There's just nothing that really is holding your attention. So this weekend I, I watched this or I, I I look at the social media. Was there some kind of fight this weekend, Ben? What was it? You're the, you're the guy who's the combat sports aficionado. Oh, there sure was. There sure was a fight. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Are you aware of Jake what? Paul? Do you know who this Jake Paul character is? I don't. What is this? What happened? He's a YouTuber. The Paul brothers, the Paul twins. 
YouTuber okay. turned boxer. Okay. Did he get beat up? No, no, no. He won. He beat a former UFC fighter, Ben Askren, who was never How? known for being a striker. But yeah, okay. he knocked him out first round. So do you think that guy took a dive and did it for the money? No, I don't believe he took a dive. Ben Askren, uh, his chin has come to question his recent fights. Uh, he actually went viral for that flying knee. Uh, that That's probably... Probably, oh, he, you remember that flying? That yeah, yes. he's the guy that got hit by the flying knee. That's the, that's wow. the only reason why Ben Askren would be a household name is because he was the, on the receiving end of one of the probably the most brutal knockouts in UFC history. The Harley race flying knee. So, <laughs> so here's 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 the thing I will say. Um, I knew this thing was ill fated when Pete Davidson of SNL fame was busting on it. And I mean, that guy's a rotten human to begin with also. So if he's busting on it, this has to be. Oh, the commentary pretty... was awful. Oscar De La Hoya be... was on it. He was clearly yeah. under the influence of something. Oh, uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, no, 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 no. Oscar De La Hoya, he's got his issues. And uh, he, he, was, he was a little off. He sounded a little off for sure. And uh, Snoop Dogg, you know, Snoop Dogg's got to be a hack. And So Snoop was on the commentary. So this whole thing was just a. Uh, for show and, and silliness. Then, they right? had concerts in between the, uh, the the fights. Dustin Bieber it, had a concert there. Doja really? Cat, if you're familiar with Doja Cat. All, I've, heard, all the I've, big heard names. Of, I've heard tell of that. All right. Uh, enough of that, silly. It just seems like <laughs> it was a, a, a nightmare. Get and this, it, though. Did more yeah. pay-per-view vibes than Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Really? It did that Cause many. Because the, the guy's a YouTuber? Is that why? Yeah, he's he's a big name in the outside of boxing, the whole combat sports scenes. Jake Paul is a pretty big name. Is there a chance he will take on somebody who will beat him up? At because I would buy that pay per view. It sounds like. I'm sure. I mean, that's how they sell pay per views is because they put them against people that you think uh, he's he's going to get beat up by. Didn't happen, but I mean, that's how he sells fights because Jake Paul is a very unlikable person to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spoiled rotten punk kid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we'll shift gears back to the pirate. I, I just figured you'd know what this was, and there was some kind of fiasco boxing, and apparently it was a fiasco. Oh, yeah, it's just circus uh, fights. Okay, we'll grab a break. We'll come back. We've got uh, our, our appearance with Coach Godwin, but when we come back, we'll hear from Coach Houston and Harold Varner III on our pirate report. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want more. Like, we really like it. We right. want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Ah! Hope you tuned in on Friday. I know sometimes in the nice weather months, uh, Friday is a getaway day for a lot of people. Uh, and we weren't scheduled to have a show Friday because of baseball. Once that was canceled on Thursday night, we were able to get Coach Godwin on. Uh, we uh, talked to Nick Stevens from High School OT, our friend Nikki Novak. But I, I really would think you'll go, if you go back and listen uh, at 943thegame.com or wherever we uh, post our uh, podcasts, which is anywhere you download them pretty much, you'll not only hear Coach Godwin's very interesting comments, kind of the timeline of how everything developed uh, over the uh, weekend as far as Pirate Baseball in Houston. But uh, Nick Stevens with some really in-depth analysis and reportage. Nick, of course, with HighSchoolOT.com. Really in-depth stuff as far as the 
High School Athletic Association and Q Tucker, the commissioner, last week talking with uh, or testifying essentially in front of that uh, legislative committee. Some interesting things afoot uh, possibly with high school athletics and the uh, governing association in the state of North Carolina and lawmakers. So make sure to check that show out, 943thegame.com. It's where we post uh, the shows, and you can always uh, relive the magic or explore for the first time the Patrick Johnson Show. It's also the home of the uh, Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin podcast brought to you by the Gavigan Agency and uh, Carolina Digestive and Endoscopy Center. Uh, usually uh, mid-morning on Mondays, we post our talk with the coach. In case you missed that and you're in your car, haven't had a chance to download the pod yet, uh, we'll bring you uh, our conversation with Cliff Godwin coming up in a little bit. But right now, today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the FM home of your ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. football with a scrimmage inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Coach Houston addressing the media afterwards. Great, great film to learn from. Great film to get better from. Had a million different situations. Uh, you know, able to work kickoff, kickoff return in the spring, which, you know, we haven't done that a whole lot in the past, but it was really good to get that in today. A lot of different punt situations and obviously a lot of situations with the offense and the defense. So, uh, you know, some really, really good positives right there. And some things we got to obviously improve on. So we've got some sloppiness in some places. So, but overall, you know, pleasing day. And the Pirate defense, at least in the last little bit, uh, generating three turnovers. Coach Houston asked about that. If I'm wearing my defensive hat, yes. If I'm wearing my <laughs> offensive hat, we got to take care of the ball better. But, no, it's, it's a big emphasis, uh, you know, obviously for the, today for the defense. Our goal was to try to get four. Uh, I don't know how many they ended up with on the day, but uh, obviously a good job there at the end. It is your Monday Pirate Report. Patrick Johnson here with you. Uh, Coach Houston speaking with uh, the assembled media after Saturday's scrimmage inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Pirates running a, uh, a drill uh, or a series of plays to close the scrimmage from inside the one-yard line. Physicality, that's something that Mike Houston talked about when he was with us in studio last week. This uh, drill, the epitome of uh, physicality. Mike Houston on that. Yeah, first time we've done it this spring. So, uh, and it you know, obviously it gets in, and the music's really loud. I mean, it makes them focus. You know, you had some mistakes right there by the offense, and obviously the huge mistake was turning the ball over for a score. Uh, now, great job of the defense, not letting them off the goal line. So, again, you know, great, great, great stuff to learn from. These are uh, kind of shotgun approaches. So, there's a couple of quarterbacking questions here, uh, intermersed with another one. Uh, but uh, this was the first question about uh, the play of the quarterbacks. Mike Houston with that answer. Well, my, my starter's a really good one. I mean, I thought other than the mistake right there off the goal line, I thought he had a really good day today, which is consistent with his spring. Um, you know, he's his biggest critic, so he'll you know he'll correct that. But I'm really pleased, and you guys got to see a lot of the young guys. I mean, I'm really pleased with those guys. I mean, young Walter right there, you saw, you know, his athletic ability. You saw Stubby throwing the ball. You know, Alex Flynn's had a good week. And then Mason, I think you got to see the, the drive that he laid right there and some of the throws that he made. So, Really pleased with the ability of those young quarterbacks. Stubby. Did you hear that, Ben? The stubble field is stubby. I wonder if our guy, CJ the Pirate, knows that. Uh, today's Pirate Report, we're going to hear from Harold Varner the third in just a little bit, but right now uh, Mike Houston post 
scrimmage on Saturday. So, again, when you have these media scrums, uh, questions are coming from all angles, and, and sometimes they'll revert back. There's a question here that was asked about Mason Garcia, so it kind of reverts back to that last answer of quarterback play. But, I mean, in these all skates, you know, questions are coming from – unlike, you know, if you're doing a one-on-one like I did with Mike Houston last week where there's a little bit of, some, uh, you know, uh, symmetry to what you're asking – and, and maybe a question sets up another question or uh, you get reaction to something you hear with a follow-up. Uh, that's usually not the case in these uh, in these gaggles, if you will. But uh, this kind of clears out some, I don't want to say controversy, but some questions. I mean, Coach Houston made this statement on here. They're having a spring scrimmage next uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock. That time he does reveal here. And... Pirate Nation is invited. Uh, so this is Mike Houston reemphasizing uh, that and kind of announcing that as far as the kick time for the scrimmage next Saturday. Well, we're going to have one. We're having one next week at 1 o'clock in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Whoever wants to come can come, uh, but we're just doing it for ourselves. You know, the kids, we'll put a little wager on it with them. Uh, you know, the losing team will serve the winning team dinner on Monday night. But, uh, you know, it's, it's great to have the family here. That's why I talked to them about at the end. You have so many parents, uh, so many friends uh, in the stadium, uh, and it's just encouraging. I think we've got a bunch of donors upstairs with the chancellor, so uh, it's great to have Pirate Nation back around. And then uh, Coach Houston asked, again, this is the follow-up about quarterback play and Mason Garcia on a drive late in the scrimmage Saturday. I'm glad you didn't see the first drive he had today. So, uh, yeah, that's it, just the, the calming down. He was very composed uh, on the second half of the scrimmage on those drives in there. And if he has composure and relaxed in the pocket, I mean, you saw some of the throws he made, some of the plays he made with his feet. So, obviously, we all know he's got ability, but that experience right there is what we're going to continue to work on. Coach Houston asked to reflect on the challenges of the past year in the COVID era. I'm ready for all the COVID stuff to be gone. So we need to hurry up and get everybody vaccinated. Uh, you know, it's just, this is what we love. You know, it's just to be out here. I mean, the field looks awesome. Uh, just, you know, the, the, the competition in the stadium, you know, being around the guys. I mean, it's, it's what as a coach. What I love to do is be with them. What they love to do is get out here and compete. So it's uh, this, this is what we this is why we why to come to work. So you heard it there. And again, Mike Houston said as much on Wednesday's Patrick Johnson show, which again you could go back and revisit at 943thegame.com in that comprehensive uh, extended interview we did with him in studio. They're gonna have some kind of scrimmage before fans if they choose to attend on Saturday at one. Now there's nothing official from uh, you know, ECU athletics on any of this that I've seen. But uh, Coach Houston says we're going to have a scrimmage and, and fans can come out and watch. 1 o'clock, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Do with that information what you want to do with that information. Let's shift gears on our Pirate Report. Harold Varna III, that second-place finish, T- uh, T2 at uh, Heritage. RBC uh, Heritage has, uh, I believe, earned Harold his card for another year. He's still seeking that first win, but uh, courtesy of uh, the PGA Tour, uh, this is some post-round, post-tournament audio on today's Pirate Report from Harold Varner III, ECU golf alum. HV3 with a 5-under, 66 on Sunday in the final round. He finishes... 15 under, other, 15 under for the tournament, easy for me to say. Uh, Harold Varner III asked about 
his play down in Hilton Head this past weekend. I feel like I've been playing well all year and just hasn't, you know, I haven't really gotten through the, you know, to play really well, get up there. So, yeah, it was nice to just, I don't know, I don't know what the difference was this week, but I feel like I'm doing, trying to do the same thing every week, play well, and sometimes you play really well and sometimes you don't. And just enjoying it. Uh, I really love playing golf, always have, always will, whether I play out here or not. So I just, uh, yeah, it was good. And the birdie last was awesome. Harold was asked about uh, some of the changes that he's made in his game, plus some of the conversations he's been having with himself. Uh, what are those conversations entail? Yeah, just I felt like I was getting a little lazy. Um, it's easy to do. Uh, I, when I had COVID, when I didn't know I had it, I uh, I didn't do anything. It was kind of awesome. Uh, but you get really lazy. So just doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do and doing them when you're supposed to, it's a difference when you wait a day. Um, so I just, obviously I want to play well at the Wells Fargo. That's, you know, that's my major. I know the PGA is coming, but that's an important place to me. So I want to I want to play well there, and it needs to start now, building up to get there. So super excited. Who knew? Uh, I, unaware that uh, Harold had had COVID. Apparently he was unaware when he had it at the time, but apparently he did. Uh, but back and healthy now and in fine form this past uh, weekend at RBC Heritage. Stuart Sink was the winner. He was uh, unreal on thursday and friday practically won the tournament then did sink uh 63 in each of the first two rounds and i mean he wins the event comfortably was never really challenged yesterday despite the great charge by harold and some others but uh i I don't think they the closest it got was three with a couple holes to go but sink hit a great shot on 17 to push it back to four as he uh parred a uh, par three 17 there at RBC Heritage in Hilton Head. And uh, anyway, uh, Harold Varner, the ECU golf alum, was asked about Stuart Sink's play this uh, past weekend as he won his uh, third tartan jacket, did Stuart Sink. Yeah, he's old as – oh, sorry. He's old and he's kicking everyone's ass. So, uh, yeah, it inspires me. It inspires me to know that I can play golf for a long time. And, uh, you know, he's been playing well all year, though, so it's not like a – you know, I'm surprised, but – this week he's played unbelievable and, uh, you know, hopefully finishes it off. Uh, just, I mean, I don't know if – I'm only 30, so I think I'm a little ways behind him, so I can't really – I don't want to comment too much on here because age becomes like a big deal around here. <laughs> uh, the always charming uh, Harold Varner III there. Uh, Harold with what he will take from this week's performance moving forward as he heads to New Orleans next week. The biggest thing um, that I learned – there's not much OB out at Quail, but on number one, my first shot of the day, I hit it out of bounds, and just to respond. I mean, that's what that's what you want to do in life. When bad things happen, how do you respond to it? How do you adapt and just see it through? You know, that's so important to me in life, and and in golf, it's the most important thing, and that's that's important to me, how you respond. Great guy. Harold Varner's a, a heck of a guy, and you could just see there, uh, or hear there, I should say. Uh, I was able to see it watching the video uh, that we uh, pulled that audio from for the PGA Tour, just how effervescent Harold is, how great he is with the media. Now, it certainly helped that he birdied 18 and finished 15 under and finished tied for second. Uh, and I think maybe at the time was outright at second place. But, I mean, uh, Harold's, Harold's Harold, and he was, he was fantastic. We've reached out. We're going to try to get him on here sometime. He's in a really important stretch for him. You know, you heard him there saying he's building uh, for uh, Quail Hollow in Charlotte. He considers that a major to him. Boy, wouldn't it be great to see him break through in his own backyard 
uh, in uh, a couple weeks. That would be awesome. What a great event that is at Quail Hollow. And, uh, you know, he'll be in uh, he'll be in New Orleans for that team event uh, this week, you know, where they pair the golfers together. So that'll be a nice uh, uh, trip for Harold. And, look, he won uh, over 600 large for his uh, efforts in Hilton Head this weekend. So uh, congratulations to Harold Varner III. Fabulous, fabulous uh, weekend, and, and gotten to some adversity at times, but uh, fought through it. We've uh, we've discussed that. Okay, uh, let's uh, go to Ben Byram now. He'll update you on everything going on in the world of sports, Pirate Nation, and beyond. And uh, then we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here with your 94th of the game sports club day. We start for a recap from the world of golf as ECU alum Harold Vaughn III represented Pirate Nation well over the weekend in RBC Heritage as he placed Todd for second in the event after finishing 5-under. HV3 Todd, the Argentinian-born Emiliano Grillo, was four shots back from the event's winner in Stuart Sink, who finished 19-under overall. Speaking of golf, the ECU women's golf team is tied for first in the second round of the American Conference Women's Golf Championships at Pinehurst. After they're shooting 296-8 over par. They look to keep it up as they head into the third and final round tomorrow. From the high school football playoffs, J.H. Rose fell just short in the first round. They suffered a loss to Lee County 34-26 Friday night. From the NFL, the reigning comeback player of the year and quarterback Alex Smith is retired after 16 years in the NFL. The Seahawks newly signed defensive lineman and Alden Smith is in hot water. There's a warrant out for his rest for second-degree battery in New Orleans. And from college basketball, Gonzaga freshman and potential NBA lottery pick Jalen Suggs is declared for the draft. All the while, Gonzaga picks up the number one ranked prospect by ESPN and Shed Holgram. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Barman. We return ECU baseball head coach Cliff Godwin with the P-Man after this quick timeout. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Play ball! It's time to head inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball Coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94.3 The Game. Going back, looking up. See you later! Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin. Pirate Baseball uh, returning to the practice field yesterday with an update on that and other things within the program. We say hello to Coach Cliff Godwin joining us uh, here. Coach, glad you made it back. Uh, safe and sound from Houston. Yeah, it was a quick turn around for us, but uh, we uh, got back late Saturday afternoon. And, uh, we practiced like you alluded to uh, yesterday. We had a bunch of scrimmages. It was probably one of our better scrimmages that we've had the entire year, which was awesome. So guys did a really good job yesterday. You know, we talked to you uh, Friday. Coach was good enough to join us uh, on a on – a, uh, last-minute request uh, to uh, kind of update the Pirate Nation on where things were uh, with uh, ECU getting back from Houston. They had uh, a practice on uh, Friday or on Thursday. And uh, Coach, refresh me. Was there one on Friday also? Uh, yeah, because yeah, so I just talked to you after you got off the field. Yeah, so there was one on yeah, Friday. Yeah, so we also. practiced on Thursday, you know, like a normal practice because at that point in time we still – 
had hoped that at least we would play one game, maybe two games, and then pretty much since practice was over is when we had the final call from the conference office that we weren't playing. And by then, you know, you can't fly out the next day, which was right. fine because we'll never get to practice on turf. And uh, Houston was, you know, nice enough to let us scrimmage. So we scrimmaged on Friday at Houston, and then uh, we took the guys out to a nice dinner, and then we actually had to leave pretty early. I mean, we left 5.45 from the hotel Ooh. Saturday morning um, to get us back. Um, and we're on like three different flights, but we all got back about the same time. Good. Uh, what, what I was going to say, uh, when we talked to you Friday, uh, you, you, you know, weren't thrilled with the way the guys uh, had competed and, and participated in that scrimmage Friday. So it's interesting to hear that uh, there was uh, the best one of the year on Sunday. Um, what, 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 what did they do differently yesterday that I guess they didn't do Friday? Well, the intent in what we were doing, the energy, the competitiveness of the scrimmage um, yesterday ended. Uh, one team won on a walk-off single by Josh Mullen, four to you know four to three in the bottom of the seventh. So it was very competitive. Uh, we played really good defense. Our bats were quality for the most part. Our pitchers threw strikes for the most part, um, and it just was. You know, when you have a scrimmage, you want to make it as much like game-like. So, I mean, yesterday there were two good teams playing each other, and that right. you know, came down to the last um, batter with two outs in the bottom of the seventh inning bases loaded, and Josh uh, was able to get a single to the four hole. So that's what you're looking for because then that's making us better. Friday, I thought our guys kind of went through the motions at time. Like, hey, you know, it was mist and rain, and it just wasn't perfect, and we're not playing Houston, and – that's human nature. So we put something on the line for it yesterday, and uh, guys <laughs> responded in a really, really good way. Okay, can we know what was on the line, or is that just among you guys? Um, yeah. So the winners were going to get steaks, and the and the ah. um, losers were going to get pizza. So, uh, <laughs> but the scrimmage was so competitive, and one team, uh, you know, one pitcher had to come out a little bit earlier. So one team, the team that actually lost, actually had one less at bat just the way the pitching right. uh, went up. So they did such a good job that we're going to give the whole team state. There you go. All right. Well, that's that's cool. Uh, Cliff Godwin is uh, with us uh, here. The Pirates uh, will be back in action uh, Friday. First game of a doubleheader against uh, UCF. Uh, of course, the twin bill Friday and then uh, a game Saturday and uh, Sunday inside of Clark LeClaire uh, Stadium. Uh, Coach, as far as the pitchers, I know that that's probably as much a concern as anything is making sure they get in their work, uh, and it'll be a lot of time between between games. How, how did you kind of work that out with not only your your guys that you're starting as your weekend starters, those four, but also guys out of the pen? Uh, you know, we kept our normal, you know, rotation. Gavin and Carson went on Friday, and then um, – Actually, Cooch and Spivey started yesterday. We just brought Smitty out of the bullpen because mm-hmm. uh, we wanted Spivey to just go through a starter routine. It was nothing um, against Tyler Smith. Tyler's pitched great recently. So, and then relievers, it just depended on, you know, Tanner Bridgie just threw uh, an inning, um, Mayhew threw two, Sailor threw three, um, and then the other guys, you know, threw yesterday. And then we'll have some guys that uh, didn't travel. Houston, they'll pitch on Tuesday, and uh, we'll scrimmage just a shorter scrimmage on Tuesday um, as well, just to continue to get our guys playing, having a lot of bats. 
You know, we uh, talked with Coach Dietrich a couple weeks ago about uh, just the depth and quality depth in the bullpen. Uh, Some guys that uh, you're really looking forward uh, or looking towards, you know, as far as that are going to be contributors, particularly out of the pen, uh, you know, for this, I guess we could call it a stretch run here since there was sort of a natural divide this week with the series getting canceled at Houston. Who are some names of some guys that you're looking to to contribute that – you know, maybe aren't top of mind for, for pirate fans that have very important roles out of the pen. Um, Josh Gross has done a pretty good job. You know, he's only thrown five innings this year. Good see yesterday. Um, he, he's done a really good job. Nick Logish has shown at times that he's got really good stuff and we just need him to be a tick more consistent. Um, you know, Danny Bill's another guy that hasn't had a ton of opportunities, but we're going to need him you know, down the stretch uh, for sure. And, and Carter Spivey, I mean, th- those are some of the guys that, you know, we're going to need down the stretch run. And uh, they've all shown flashes of being outstanding. We just need all of them to be a little bit more consistent. <clears throat> as far as, uh, you know, any young guys in the uh, – that, that maybe haven't cracked the day-to-day lineup yet, but it just, you know, who are some of the guys that you're continuing to, to work out and, and have – I guess, establish some of those good habits and, and also, uh, I will say wait their turn, but obviously work their way towards playing time in the future. Who are some of those guys? I think Jacob Starling. I mean, look, he, he's going to be a great player here. And uh, you've seen him in spurts go in. He had a big double against uh, Cincinnati, I think it was, to, to get us going in that, that final game. Uh, we scored two runs. I didn't want to do nothing. Uh, C.J. Boyd is a guy that is going to be a <clears throat> guy that can – you know, hopefully hit 10 home runs for us in a season at some point in time. And, you know, probably an outfielder can play first base, probably can play second base in a pinch. Joey Barini, who has uh, come off the bench, had some big at-bats. I mean, had a big at-bat coming off the bench against Carolina. Uh, switch hitter, uh, shortstop, but just his left-handed, you know, like we have a lot of confidence in the left-handed. Um, to face some of the elite arms out of the bullpen. He's done a good job in those situations. Cam Clunch, uh, he can play first, can play any position in the outfield, and you know, his best days are definitely in front of him. And He's gotten a lot stronger, put on about 20 pounds since he's been here. You know, He's going to fit into that mold of a doubles home run guy as he continues to throw into his body. We've got Coach Cliff Godwin uh, with us here. Pirates and UCF uh, coming up this weekend. Central Florida uh, right now fourth in the uh, standings in the uh, American. Uh, Pirates uh, have uh, reeled off uh, their first eight conference games they've uh, played so far. And uh, game one, of course, uh, of that series coming up on uh, Friday afternoon. You'll be able to hear the entire series right here on 94.3 The Game. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Tulane comes out this this weekend, Coach, and uh, – sweeps uh, Wichita State and you you and I have talked about it many many times you've talked about it uh, beyond that several times uh, just the the depth of the quality of this uh, this league and with the way the schedule was this year uh, schools scheduling more regional kind of opponents well there, there were some schools that were scheduling in the non-conference some SEC schools uh, I mean a pretty pretty tough neighborhood some of the the, the schools in the uh, uh, American reside in as far as regional play go, but uh, I don't know how much you maybe have taken time to look at it here. Uh, I know you keep up with it to a degree, but I think when people look at this league, and, and with even UCF coming in here, winning conference record, uh, I mean, there are no easy outs in this conference. Well, 
Tulane, <clears throat> I thought it was going to be good going into the year. And I think at, at times, just with COVID, it, it's been harder to, to be more consistent for whatever the reason. When you look at records across the country, I, I, there's some really good teams that, in my opinion, have 500, slightly below 500 or slightly above 500 records. UCF went into Ole Miss. They were the number one ranked team in the country and beat them yeah. two out of three and should have swept them. They um, got walked off and the game they lost. So uh, it, they're going to be good. I mean, I know the Friday night guy, he's been on the gold spike midseason report. He's a dude. So I know we're going to have our hands full in game one and in the entire weekend. It's inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball coach Cliff Godwin. I'm Patrick Johnson. It's brought to you by the Gavigan Agency Insurance and Financial Services and Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center. Coach, you've talked about Connor Norby a little bit this year, and I wanted to kind of visit that story a little deeper. I mean, certainly he's had a fantastic year. He's riding a hit streak now. Connor Norby also has a hit in every game but one uh, this year for ECU. He's on the midseason Golden Spikes Award watch list. Uh, Norby has been a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic catalyst for the Pirates this year. But that was not always the case. Coach, you, you talked a little bit about this. I wanted to expand on it. When you said that, you know, Connor Norby was a guy that you all had to, to, to kind of bring along, and then all of a sudden he sort of uh, just turns it on at some point. In other words, everything seemed to click for him. Tell us that story again, please. Well, I think I've mentioned this story a lot, and it's, you know, give all the credit to Connor, and uh, I will take a little bit of credit and have patience with him, but freshman year, uh, he made a decision to show up one day and says, hey, I'm just going to practice hard. It was sometime in the spring of 2019, and I'm going to show up and practice hard every day and see what happens, and he never told me this. He never told Coach Colombo this. He just made a decision in his mind, and that was what we were always looking for was just the consistent intent, energy, effort, day-to-day. So when you, you can trust somebody when you put them out on the field, it was never his talent. And he said about two weeks after doing that, then he was getting in about, you know, every game at some capacity, getting it back, going to play defense, pinch running, whatever. And then he had a couple starts. And he tells the story to the younger guys now that, you know, if you just keep showing up and doing the best of your ability each and every day, it's going to work out. You just don't know when it's going to work out. And I think that's – Probably the toughest thing for people in our society um, is everything's such a microwave approach and they want it to be done quickly. When you look at the most successful baseball players, the most successful people in the world, they've all had adversity in their lives at some, some capacity and they had to work their way up over time to be where they are today when everybody says, oh my God, you know, Michael Jordan's the best or, you know, Connor Norby's a, a great player. Well, it wasn't always like that. And everybody's heard the story about Michael Jordan being cut his sophomore year. And you know, the guy's arguably the best player to ever play in the NBA. Coach, did he? Did, were you all harping on him? Were you guys having, like, converse? I mean, were, were there different approaches you were taking? Uh, or did you feel like that he would eventually get it? I mean, you say he kind of made the decision. What was that communication like with you guys prior to him having the switch go off? Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, uncomfortable conversations and us getting on them at practice. And the thing that I think people, a lot of times, if you're not inside our circle, don't understand, we, we don't yell at kids about making an error or striking out or giving up a home run. It's the preparation that you're putting into it. If you're not preparing yourself to be successful, then that's when we have 
big issue with it. And we felt like he wasn't preparing himself consistently to put himself in a situation where he deserved success. And then he made that decision in his mind. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, look, you don't know sometimes. <laughs> I didn't know at times if it would work out. And I'm super glad, not just because, not just because he's playing well for us. And I know that's probably tough for people to understand. I, I've told Connor he needed East Carolina. Like he needed, he needed our program from all the other stuff, academically, uh, us to have discipline, put discipline and structure in his life. He needed that. If he'd have went somewhere else, and this is no offense to any other program, I, I don't know if he'd have got that. He still might have been a good player, but would he have got his degree? Um, I don't know. Right. You know, and those things are important to me is where Connor Norby is going to be in 20 years. You know, in 2019, and that's the year you're referring to, he starts to come on and, you know, as you say, ultimately makes a couple of starts. So then last year with, with the shortened season, I mean, he hit the ball well and all that. Did You just knew that he that was going to carry over, I guess, even though things ended as far as uh, well before you, you wanted them to. I guess you you felt comfortable at that point that he was going to have the, the work ethic, the commitment that he'd come back and have the kind of season he's having. In other words, not revert back into any bad habits because you guys you weren't communicating with the guys face to face for such a long period last year. No, we felt. I mean, look, we we were staying in close contact with all of our players, not just him. And uh, we've always known he he was going to hit. <laughs> it was the other things we were worried about just mentally and being able to handle the day-to-day grind that it can be. Um, You're playing a lot of games, practice, all that good stuff. And Norbs, he's grown up a whole lot. And and look, we meet once a week just to make sure his head's in the right place. And uh, he would tell you that it's something he has to work on every single day. And as with our culture, you have to work on it every single day. If you don't work on it, then it can fall off the track very quickly. And that's the one thing I've just been proud of him. He's, for the most part, had a very tunnel vision, put blinders on, not let any of the accolades he's gotten to this point or the positive comments affect the way he's going about his business. Coach, uh, a lot of practice here lately, uh, coming off uh, a really good day on Sunday. And does it kind of go back to just business as usual this week? Nothing out of the ordinary, uh, what you would normally planned as far as leading into the UCF series? Yeah, today they'll just lift weights. <clears throat> today, that's it. Um, get caught up in their schoolwork. Tomorrow we'll, like I said, have a short scrimmage, which is abnormal to the way we've done it so far, but we just need to play a little bit more um, so that we're sharp come Friday afternoon. So we'll do that, and then you know Wednesday and Thursday would be a normal Wednesday and Thursday for us. Coach, it's always great to catch up with you. We appreciate the time. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Appreciate you having me. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and Newburgh. Safety.
When preparing breakfast, it's important that you have quality ingredients. That includes fresh eggs, bacon or sausage, and most importantly, Clay Travis on the drive to work, Patrick Johnson on the drive home, and the best sports programming in eastern North Carolina. Oh, that really sounds magnificent. Right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks to uh, Cliff Godwin. Big week the rest of the way. Um, Talk a little bit about the ECU women's golf team tomorrow. They're currently tied for first with Tulsa with uh, a round to play in the conference championship. So best of luck to them. And then we've got uh, Dave Parker. Yeah, that Dave Parker. That's big. I'm excited On with this Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be fun. Donnie Kirkpatrick Thursday. So a lot going on uh, the rest of the week. Shortened week, but that's fine. We Bursting at the seams with guests. Uh, thanks, Ben. Great job as always. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show.